Over the past few episodes of the Smarter Sales Show, we've been talking about getting set up to reach your goals. And today we want to address the question of who do you need to be to reach them? And for sales leaders and managers out there, what qualities do you need to hire for people to be successful in virtual selling? So we're going to talk with an expert on research and data so you can really make better decisions about where to focus your own development or the development of folks on your team. So this is a super special episode and we scoured the planet for you, found an amazing expert to blow your mind on this topic. So stay tuned to learn how you can make better people decisions with better data so you can be set up to reach your sales goals and listen for some great resources at the end. You are listening to The Smarter Sales Show, where sales challenges are solved with tech and technique so you can sell more and stress less. Please welcome your hosts, sales experts and funny ladies, Merit Khan and Julie Holmes. Welcome to the Smarter Sales Show. We're so excited to have you here. If you're a sales pro, a sales leader, or you own a business, or you're one of those people that would never call themselves a salesperson, but you have to sell in order to build your business, this show is for you. This is your weekly tech tips and technique tune-up with a special focus on virtual selling. You may be watching this on the Sales Experts channel. Welcome, YouTube, or even LinkedIn. You could even be listening to this as a podcast on your while you walk the dog for your third time today. No matter how you hear, we are glad you are. If you're one of our loyal listeners, you'll already know that this show features Merit talking about sales technique and emotional intelligence, while I will be showing off cool tech tools and tips for savvy sales pros. I'm Julie. Every episode is centered around a theme and we're always sharing our favorite resources and recommendations. So make sure you check out the notes or the description for all those links. Now, this is a super special episode. The theme for this episode is using data to make better decisions about people. And that is why we've invited a special guest who specializes in this topic. Are you ready? Let's get smarter in sales. Our special guest today is Michael Vodianoy. How did I do, Michael? Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I love the emphasis. Thank you. Uh, he is a research scientist at Multi Health Systems (MHS) Assessments, where he leads a development. He leads the development of assessments that are used by companies around the world to help people reach their full potential. Michael is the lead research scientist on the Sales AP, which is the Sales Achievement Predictor, as well as the EQI 2.0 and the Entrepreneurial Edge. He has a master's degree in industrial organizational psychology from Hofstra University and is managing member of Science for Network, an educational platform that helps executives use scientific research to improve their management decision-making with over 80,000 readers per year. So you might be wondering, all right, well, the Smarter Sales Show, why did we invite a research scientist to help you sell more and stress less. And I'm glad to make you me happy. Did you guys bring me great joy? <laughs> yeah, this is not my happy spot. Um, but yeah, Julie loves this. But two main reasons, you know. <laughs> I mean, if, you know, I think I've said a couple of times in previous episodes, um, never be in an argument with reality, right? That's just one of my themes in life. And there's a big difference between what you think and what you feel you're good at when it comes to sales competencies and really what the data tells you. 
Now, there's two reasons not only to listen to this episode, um, but to really pay close attention to this conversation. One is, especially if you plan to hire salespeople or sales leaders in the future. The other is if you want to make sure that you are working on the sales competencies that will improve your own game as fast as possible, because this four pack of episodes has been all about setting you up for a strong year your, to, to reach your sales goals. So when we can zero in on the competencies that we need to improve on using data, that's going to help us improve and reach our sales goals. So thanks for being here. And um, Michael, I want to just uh, welcome you again. Um, as you know, we're, we're all about supporting sales professionals. What, what do you think from your perspective as a researcher? Um, what do salespeople and sales leaders really need to understand about this topic? Yeah, good question. Well, first of all, great to be great here. To be here. Um, um, when Merritt asked, asked me, am I open to joining? to joining? I couldn't say no, because how could you? Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, and it's a discussion and a conversation that I'm, I'm so excited to have. Um, in terms of the competencies that are most important, um, I have some data uh, that I've looked into. So uh, where to start? So first of all, um, as Mary mentioned, I've worked on developing an assessment for salespeople called the Sales Aptitude Profile or the Sales AP. And we did a very broad look at the literature uh, and the, the science and the research on um, what personality characteristics, what competencies have made salespeople successful across different industries. And so we took the eight top uh, competencies and we put them into this assessment. So we have those eight already from the literature. Um, You're going to tell us what those eight are, right? <laughs> well, I can I can definitely get into those. The other uh, source that I pulled from as well is uh, just our database of the people who've taken the EQI and uh, the different elements of their emotional intelligence. And I pulled data from, just for this conversation, from about 4,000 North American sales professionals just to see where they sit on, on that spectrum. And so I have that as well. Um, and so I'll just share a few. So from, my, from the research that we've done, first of all, um, achievement motivation, being driven, uh, setting high goals for yourself and consistently striving to achieve them, setting plans and, and following it, um, which isn't necessarily the first thing you think of for mm -hmm. sales professionals as you know, the, the salesiest of skills, but it's important uh, not only in sales, but across so many other areas is uh, being driven and, and striving to, to meet your goals. Um, don't we all kind of think that we're driven people? I mean, don't we, salespeople especially, we all kind of want to um, identify as that. Is that. So with this assessment, you can tell if somebody's trying to fool you, like if they really aren't driven for achievement, but maybe they say they are. No, that's a good question. Um, so we have a, a couple of checks and balances built into the assessment to catch people who are either faking or trying to convey an overly positive impression. So, you know, in, in a hiring context that is going to come up uh, more frequently, right? Where somebody's a little bit more motivated to present themselves in that way. And um, it certainly is not going to catch everybody. And so when it comes to hiring, you want to be careful about how you use certain assessments and know really what you're getting into on that front. Uh, one, one recommendation we have is just make sure you're not basing your entire decision just on the assessment. Make sure you're, you know, doing 
normal interviews and, and other things that you're going to want to do. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so definitely can catch some of that. And uh, it's a good question. Also, I, people want to lie to themselves. Sometimes you don't always have the best perspective, but when it comes to a development conversation and, and a coaching type of interaction, um, the insights that you get are really only ever going to be as good as how honest you can be with yourself. Right. right? And so uh, when it's you who's reporting on yourself, trying to be objective, trying to even think about, okay, in the last six months, what, what is the, what is the evidence for this? Right. Mm. Like what is it, what does being achievement motivated look like? And can I validate that I'm actually that way? Yeah. Um, I know I interrupted you. You were going to say the other, uh, the other seven competencies. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, sure. Okay. I'll try to, I'll try to go through them uh, a little bit quickly, but uh, another one is selling related knowledge. Uh, which there's a lot of evidence for being related to performance. And that just means um, being driven to gather information, to learn about uh, your industry, your products, uh, tools, techniques, uh, tools of tech, all that sort of stuff. That all goes into selling related well, knowledge. Listening to this show. If you're, if you're a listener, you may be high in this already. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, another one is being assertive being able to speak your mind, uh, being open, um, being able to stick up for things that, that you feel and that you believe. Uh, being competitive is another sales characteristic that has been shown to be linked to performance. And that's not only uh, being competitive with others, but also uh, being competitive with yourself, trying to continually grow, trying to top your best, you know, uh, like an athlete, you know, beat your best time, right? Just that, that drive and that competitiveness. Um, another is composure, being able to stay calm under pressure, uh, being able to adapt and be flexible when you need to, uh, being self-confident is something that I think a lot of people would think about. And it's definitely, uh, an important quality and related to that also is sociability. So not only being confident in your own abilities, but also, um, being able to connect with people, being yeah. able to, uh, sometimes it's referred to as extroversion, but um, being able to make connections easily and, and uh, build rapport. Um, and the last is persuasion, which is a word that is a bit of a touchy subject. I don't think everybody in sales would resonate with it entirely, but at the end of the day, um, influencing people's beliefs, uh, their actions, getting a signature. I mean, that's, that's what we're here for, right? Yeah. And so it's not about manipulation. It's about... Um, communicating in a compelling and impactful way, ultimately. Yeah, I think that's so important. You know, um, I mean, I've been a big uh, fan and user of multi-health systems uh, assessments for more than a decade now on the emotional intelligence side. And I've always thought that if you want to be more influential with other people, it's really important to understand what has influence over us. And some of those things, like, like all of these competencies, you know, the things that are that are influencing ourselves as we go out there and try to sell more and influence others, you know, not manipulate, but influence and persuade um, without knowing how assertive we are and the level of confidence and some of these other emotional intelligence attributes and competencies. It's, it's, I think we do ourselves a disservice by, you know, it, we can't be as influential with other people without really understanding that. I, I feel. 
I think that's, I think that's absolutely true. true. And, and I, I like what's interesting about these attributes is did you kind of come into this with a list of attributes and then you validated against that? Or did you look at the data set and then look for, you know, those kinds of recurring themes or, or how did you come up with the list of, of these attributes? So that's a good question. Uh, so I'll say this much. Uh, the work on the sales AP started many years ago. Um, it's an adaptation. The, the work that we did on it was based on uh, an assessment. Also, the, the sales AP has been around since the late 90s. And so um, it's definitely been through different forms uh, in the past. When we looked at it and we just launched um, in December or November, um, we wanted to be driven as much by the research as we could. And so we did have um, the work that had been done on the old assessment. And so there was definitely some, uh, some assumptions and some ideas coming in, but then we also wanted to um, just get, get the, the firmest, you know, most research-based information that we could to, to build that list. Yeah, that yeah, makes, makes complete, complete sense. sense. And, and how, how do you find, find you know, that people leverage this information? Like, how is it being used in organizations and by sales leaders? Like, what are, you know, what are they doing with it and how is it helping them? So, so I mean, for us, for us going into going... building the product and thinking about how it was going to be used and uh, how people have used data and, and our other tools as well, um, we focused on that development conversation and the hiring context. Um, and, and there's a multitude of ways, because at the end of the day, this is a set of data that can be used uh, and picked apart and manipulated and uh, used, used for all sorts of things. But uh, primarily, we're looking at um, coaching, uh, thinking more about that one-to-one -one manager, um, you know, to, to salesperson relationship or, you know, uh, professional coach and how they would uh, use a tool like this to drive insight, uh, self-awareness and, and development. Um, and then in the hiring context as well, um, data is so important and more and more companies are incorporating assessments into their hiring process. Um, and it just helps build uh, more objectivity, uh, greater accuracy and uh, help you know, hold the biases to the side when you're trying to find the right people. So those are the primary ways, but uh, it's obviously, you know, can be used uh, any number of ways. Yeah, I, I think um, one of the things that I've seen companies do really well is when they use um, a candidate screening tool like the Sales AP to do better interviews. Um, that's one of the things that I think was really interesting about this tool um, that you guys have developed because it has a whole laundry list of questions based on how somebody scores that you might want to ask in an interview. It's kind of like a guide which is, is pretty cool. As I remember back in my manager days when I was hiring people and man, salespeople, they know how to say the right things in an interview. And unless you have some, you know, uh, data on your side, it can be really hard. I, I, you know, I, I found myself wanting to like people that just gave off that energy. And, you know, at the end of the day, if they didn't have those eight competencies, it wouldn't have done me any good to bring them into an environment where they weren't going to be successful. That wasn't going to be good for anybody. So it's kind of interesting to have that information sooner in the process, I think. Um, Michael, I'm curious, have you, uh, I, I think virtual selling is, is not something that we've like assessed separately from sales competencies. 
Um, I have my ideas about what I think are the more important competencies in a virtual sales world. But do you have any thoughts about which competencies might be more or less important, either from the sales AP or maybe from emotional intelligence? Yeah, I mean, I have some ideas. Um, I haven't researched it myself. And as somebody who is not selling, um, as many of your listeners would be, um, I can't necessarily speak from my experience. And so some of these ideas might resonate or might not. Uh, and you can let me know what you think. Um, but the ones when I was thinking about this that, that I thought of, number one, that selling related knowledge, um, not being able to be in front of people to me means that you need to be even more prepared. Um, you know your facts, you know what you're coming in with um, and being diligent beforehand, I think is more important than ever. Um, and I mean, I don't know if that's so controversial. I think um, coming prepared is, is a pretty important yeah, thing to me. That makes a lot of sense. And I think, <laughs> I think you're right, especially because, you know, one of the things that's happening and maybe this relates as well to composure, but, you know, people are working with technology that they haven't used before. This is one of the things we hear a lot, right? Thousands of salespeople are being thrown into the deep end. And the more they have around sales knowledge, that relaxes them, right, Merit? That re that means that that's one less thing they have to be worried about, right? Because if they're worried about the tech and they don't know what they're going to talk about and they aren't confident in how to manage that sales process and the techniques that go with it, mm -hmm. I could easily see how that would overwhelm a salesperson and make it much more challenging. Yeah, because you want them to be able to focus on you know, how do I build trust? How do I connect with people virtually? And, you know, they need to take is they need to maintain their own composure when there's so many things around them that that they hadn't been, you know, skilled and trained and and experienced in dealing with in a sales interaction. I think along those lines on the on the other side of the spectrum, um, I can certainly make the case for sociability being really important in our traditional way of, of selling. But in this virtual world, I wonder if that's um, as much of a competency or if, if that actually could hurt somebody. Like if I'm really sociable, do I feel inhibited by virtual sales? Um, you know, does, it, does that competency really help me? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm still looking at that one. Yeah, well, I think my general take when I'm coming up against that question of how has the virtual shift influenced pretty much anything is my, my default, my instinct is to say that all of these things are still similarly important uh, as they would be in person, uh, but in many cases, even more important. Uh, thinking about, you know, the barriers now that are being put up between us. Uh, it's not that you don't have to build rapport anymore, right? It's even more important to flex those muscles and, and to make that connection uh, when you're not in that normal environment. But to your point also, uh, how do people react who are highly sociable, but aren't used to dealing with the tech, right? Do they fall to pieces? Do they say, you know, I, I can't handle it or can they be flexible and can they adapt their style? And even more than that, what do you do when it all goes wrong, right? What happens when the Zoom link doesn't work or the cameras aren't on? Right, what? like <laughs> that never happens. I mean, yeah, he doesn't it's, it's, even need to create an emergency guide for preparation, right, Julie? <laughs> <laughs> there's no emergencies. 
Yeah. Well, we've all been there, right? But that's like, even when things are going well, how do you react? But then when things are going poorly, right? It's, it's even, even more important. Yeah. I think um, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I've, I've used your um, uh, EQ 2.0, the, the emotional intelligence assessment for many, many years. And there are some different competencies um, for that than there are on the sales um, aptitude profile, which because the emotional intelligence, obviously that's important for everybody, right? We all want to be emotionally intelligent. I would be, you know, make a strong case for why it's even so much more important for anybody who's in a sales role. Um, But what, so there were some competencies that are important or that are measured on that emotional intelligence assessment that are not measured necessarily as a specific competency on the sales AP. Was that a deliberate um, choice? I mean, I guess you can only measure so many things. Um, How did you make those decisions? Yeah, um, when we were building the sales AP, there was not much thought as to its connection to the EQI and the tools that we use to measure emotional intelligence. Um, That being said, there is a lot of crossover. Um, being emotionally intelligent is very important for salespeople. And looking at the data, salespeople tend to score more highly than average on emotional intelligence uh, just across the board. So yeah, yeah. I, again, didn't know that until I looked it up, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's definitely the case. But yeah, I mean, making a sales assessment uh, is going to obviously incorporate some elements of that broad uh, emotional intelligence uh, construct, personality, uh, all sorts of different things. But at the same time, being more specific to sales means you're going to get things like competitiveness, selling related knowledge, um, persuasion and influence. Again, it's just um, taking some some broad ideas, but then being focused at, you know, within that context and how do you be successful uh, within yeah. sales. So um, speak directly to our audience that is, uh, you know, they're entrepreneurs, they're sales professionals. Maybe they're they're experts at what they do. They they're you know they're kicking and screaming listening to a show about sales, but they know they have to sell. <clears throat> what what is the best thing for them to focus on? Should they do the sales AP and get a sense of those eight competencies? Should they do the emotional intelligence assessment and work on strengthening some of those things? Like. If there was only one thing, there's only so much you can do to, to work on at one time, but what would you say from a research perspective um, somebody could do to really improve their own personal sales game? That's a, that's a good question. Um, and to your point, I mean, even people who aren't professional salespeople are selling so much of the time. Um, again, my background is organizational psychology. I did work in marketing and sales uh, for a period of time. Um, and even when I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I started a, a small consulting business and, um, you know, you're almost, you don't realize, right, but it's such an important skill for your career and for your life. Um, and so I think really anybody could benefit from thinking more strategically about how to, how to grow. Um, I would say the sales AP in and of itself is a great place to start um, for a couple of reasons. One is that it's sales focused. So um, we took ideas that can be applicable in, in different settings, but we wanted to make sure that it's geared towards uh, just that skill set. Um, but we also want to make it really simple, 
right? And, and so it's easy to take. It's under 70 questions. Usually it takes about 10 minutes to do. It's not hard. It's not painful. Um, and we have reports that are easy to understand and that are focused to help you make sense of the results. You don't necessarily need a PhD to understand it. Uh, in fact, you, you definitely don't. We, you know, we tried to build it for anybody to get their results, look at it and say, okay, I understand no, what this means. Because I can understand it. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to hear. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, the idea is that you, you take valid insights, you build your self-awareness, and then you understand what to do with it, right? And that's, that's what this yeah. tool is all about. That's the whole point. And that's why, you know, we were excited to have you on the show today because we've been talking all about, you know, setting good goals and getting set up for success. And I think our, our automatic way of thinking about that, especially at the beginning of a year when we have an aggressive goal that we're going after is we, we, I don't want to generalize, but I will. Um, I think most people just kind of go to the tactics. Well, what do I need to do? to reach this goal? How do I need to set up my calendar? How many calls? How many meetings? How many pitches? But I think we really overlook the, who do I need to be to reach this goal? And what, you know, what competencies do I need to strengthen? Um, and I know I just recently did a project with a company where we assessed everybody in their sales team, and different types of roles in their sales. And everybody has kind of a different development plan but it's role specific. So the inside salespeople, you know, really had more work to do and their development plans were more around composure because they're also fielding calls of that they're more customer service in nature, but the outside salespeople uh, were, you know, their plans were more around <clears throat> um, assertiveness. And so it's just, it's really interesting. I think there's this balance of, you know, what am I trying to accomplish with this goal? And then what are the competencies that will really make, make it easier for me to accomplish this goal? And so instead of working on the, like, what do I like do like a behavior? It's what do I work on? Like a, like a skill, like a mindset, like a, like a competency that, that all those skills are layering on top of. Yeah. Is it the idea, Michael, that like, 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 like you, you take, take the sales, sales AP and then, and then you would, would kind of work on, you know, developing those skills. And then do you retake the sales AP again? Uh, yeah. You, yeah like you can. A, kind of like a measure monitor process as well. So, yeah, you definitely yeah, you can. can. Uh, you uh, wouldn't want to take it, you know, so quickly. So Obviously, quickly. you want to give it some time. Um, but I think one important thing to point out is that the sales AP, similar to the EQI, is a self-report tool. Right. So we're asking you a series of questions and you rate the extent to which you agree with it and, and you think it's true. Um, and then you're ultimately giving yourself a rating, right? And so it differs from a test of ability, right? It's not testing your sales ability, which might be sort of more naturally fit to, to what you're getting at, which is, uh, have I actually grown my abilities in, in certain areas, right? And so really like what you're growing, if you're seeing a change on the sales AP is your perceptions of your competencies, right? And, and so that, that is usually reflective of real material growth that you've made but you do want to give it some time. Um, you want to, you know, be, be conscientiously working on different things. And then six months later, you know, check in, see, see how it's, you know, if you've seen a movement. Yeah, very mindset-oriented, right? right? I know, Mary, you talk about that being one of the most important facets is, you know, your own mindset, how you see everything that's happening around you. 
Yeah. And I think it's that it's that how you perceive yourself to be that, you know, when you look for evidence in the real world to validate that you have made those changes, that's where some of the things that you've recommended, Julie, uh, you know, make sense on the technology side. Like I can track better. I can see, I can measure the, you know, that I'm sending out more emails. I can measure that, you know, I have, well, um, you talked about your tech, uh, trio, tech it up trio, right? So, um, and as part of that, um, Michael, Julie had shared in a previous episode uh, about figuring out what technology you need to trash, what technology you want to improve on, and what are a couple of apps or tools that you use regularly in your business that you really need to master. So as an example, this is a great, a great blend of this too. So if I perceive that my self-confidence and my sales-related knowledge is going up, then how I would notice that's actually happening is I'm actually doing the things to get better in this tech it up trio that I identified. I can see movement. I can see growth. So I feel like there's a, you know, that's one of the many places that we would get to see that balance and blend of good sales technique and good sales tech. Definitely. And I think even, even beyond that, like uh, you take the sales IP, you say, okay, I need to develop uh, assertiveness or sociability, let's say. But when you're making your development plan, you're setting goals. The goal isn't necessarily to score more highly on this assessment in six months, right? The goal is to sell more or, you know, contact more people or, you know, you, you are setting those external goals that can be measured. Right. And so to, to that point, right. It's definitely a, a blend of those, you know, those data sources. I think it's a you know a lot of this is is awareness i know on the um, emotional intelligence assessment one of the things that people frequently say is like i didn't see it like this i didn't you know i felt confident mm-hmm. out there but i didn't realize there were these different ways of looking at that and there's different factors that contribute to that and, and i think I, one of the things i have always found most intriguing about emotional intelligence in particular um and we should tell our audience mhs by the way has the most high scientifically validated assessment tool available in the marketplace. And that was true 12 years ago when I was looking into it, it's true today. Um, but I think it's those combinations of attributes. So um, one of the ones that I've talked about a lot, Michael, is um, the balance between empathy and assertiveness, especially in virtual selling. Like we're so empathetic to everybody going through stuff right now. But still, if we've got a solution, we've got to be assertive enough to, to speak it, to, to make an offer. Um, is there anything from a research perspective that you see about any other combinations that might be interesting for people to look at in, when it comes to virtual selling? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's an interesting question. Um, The empathy and assertiveness combination is definitely important. One interesting thing in the research about highly emotionally intelligent people uh, who can really connect well with others um, is also like, how do you, do you you use your powers for good kind of thing? You know what I mean? And having uh, great, you know, sociability, persuasive, you know, uh, capabilities, being really charismatic, right, um, are so important to be good at your job, but having empathy, um, having a, a sense of uh, social responsibility, wanting to help other people, um, it's like there, there's, you, you, you want to have those things built in so that you're not using your powers for bad, but you're using them for good, you know, so I think that might be one 
one combination that's that's going to be super important. And also, um, even in the long term for your own performance, right? It's it's th- those guys are not just for um, being a good person, right? But I think people can also sense what's going on behind the mask, you know, and are you being authentic? Are you, you know, being straight and, and, uh, and honest? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I want to use my powers for good and not for evil. <laughs> I've, um, I, I'm still on the fence. <laughs> well, hmm, let's see. Um, but I, I, I'm already, my head is blown. I have so much information that I'm taking away from this conversation, Michael. It's, it's interesting because um, I am about as far to the opposite side of the spectrum from researcher that, that is humanly possible. So I am grateful that there are people that do what you do and pour through the data and, and do all of that because I would much rather just talk to people about what you figured, already figured out. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you really opened my eyes, some of the, the things that you shared today, um, especially around, you know, um, having that, those competencies as a launch point for what people can really work on. And I, I think that's a really important point. Um, and, you know, it's one thing to, to look at a report from a, my, pers- my own perspective on my, on my own performance, but it's another thing when you have an impartial view and um, I, I just think we don't do that enough for ourselves to just really, you know, get a slice of who we are from an assessment, you know, whether it's MHS assessments or any other assessment company out there, um, but to really see it from a third party perspective um, so that we can be a little bit more objective about what we really need to work on. So that's that's a big takeaway for me. How about for you, Julie? No, I was my my takeaway. It was super, super interesting, interesting what you had said about about in the virtual sales world, the same competencies are important, but maybe more so. Like I, I, you're right. I think that there's a moment that we're all sitting in right now as sales professionals, where we're basically we're distilled, right? We're like we're like focused, um, you know, and we're you know con- we're like orange juice concentrate. <laughs> Right. We're like, we're like, we're in a can, (laughs) but I I think that's really a a, a great point is that now more than ever, we have to be ultra aware so that we can leverage that concentrated aptitude and really take advantage of it or really find out where our gaps are so that we can develop those skills even better. So I thought that was a really interesting observation. And I, I think it's, I think it's right on. I think it's spot on. Well, it's, it's such an interesting environment, right? Because we, we are behind a computer screen, you know, and we always talk about automation and, you know, I, I think that sales professionals and, and hum, you know, humans actually interacting with other humans is never going to go away. And it's not that it's these skills that, that are the reason why. Right. At the end of the day, we need to connect with other people, whether it's through a computer screen, whether it's in person, doesn't change the fact that, you know, we're still human beings interacting with each other at the end of the day. Yeah, that's that is so important. That's incredibly important. And I think that's uh, it's actually a great lead into our um, theme for the next four pack series, if you don't mind uh, me jumping in on that one. Um, We're going to be talking about 
the differentiation. So we're going to talk, we're going to take the next four episodes. We'll talk about differentiation in terms of how you can connect with people uh, from a technique standpoint, you know, how the words and messaging that you use, the ways that you connect with people, but also from a technology standpoint, I know what Julie's planning is going to blow your mind with some of the tech that's out there that will really set you apart from all the people who are still trying to figure out where their mute button is on Zoom um, <laughs> or their unmute button, I suppose. Um, and, then we, yeah. <laughs> and, then, um, and then to wrap up that four pack, we actually have an interview I'm excited about with a gentleman named Lee Sauls who wrote not one book, but two books on sales differentiation, literally wrote the book on it. So that is going to be a great interview. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just all about, you know, differentiating ourselves, setting ourselves up for even better sales success. And I think, I thank you, Michael, for helping us to connect those dots and really looking at not just what we can do from a behavior perspective, but looking at how we can improve from a competency perspective and, and giving us access to a tool that will really help us identify what those specific competencies are so that we can make the fastest improvements in the shortest amount of time. And we know exactly that we're zeroing in on the right things that are going to make the biggest difference. Yeah. yeah. And there's, there's links, links to that, to that of course, you know, links, links to, to how to have a conversation about that, that sales competency. And certainly if you feel like you have gotten smarter in today's episode, I mean, even I got smarter. Just kidding. I totally dig this kind of stuff. Like you give me a spreadsheet and a database and like SPSS and like some great stats tools and I'm all in. Um, but if you want to continue to get even smarter in sales and you want to show your gratitude for having done so, then by all means, please subscribe, subscribe to the show on YouTube, or you can subscribe to it on your favorite podcast platform, but don't leave us hanging, go out there and connect and certainly put it in your calendar to join us live every week on the sales experts channel, or just pop back by and watch the recording. Your five-star reviews on all those platforms make Merit and I feel good about ourselves. It raises our confidences. It makes us feel even better and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. So we really I love to know. know that we're making a difference and we really love to hear from you. And also if your company is planning a virtual or a live, dare I said, in-person um, event, and you'd like to know a little bit more about how to bring a special custom episode of the Smarter Sales Show specifically for your team, give us a shout, let us know. You can always reach us at hello at thesmartersalesshow.com. And if you're on the right, if you're on the sales experts channel, all the links and everything are in the announcement section. And if you're listening on the podcast, check the show notes for all the links. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Um, also, Michael's com contact information is also included in the show notes and announcements. So if you'd like to reach out to Michael directly and let him know what a difference he made for you today, then by all means. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Time. I'm Thank Julie. For having me. And I'm Merrick Khan. Happy Smarter Selling, everyone. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday to the Smarter Sales Show. If you want a tech and technique solution to your sales challenge, send an email to hello at thesmartersalesshow.com. And don't forget to check out the show notes. If you'd like a transcript of today's show with links to the tools we mentioned during the episode, as well as reminders when the episodes are released, please visit our website and subscribe to our email updates at thesmartersalesshow.com.